0: Welcome to Caffeinated Living, a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. My name is Kyle. And
1: I'm Rob. And I don't have any caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that was our
2: guest speaker. So Kyle, I'll let you introduce our guest speaker on that note. That was awesome. Yeah.
0: For episode 13, we've kind of of led into this last week, uh, talking about how October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And last week, we brought in a couple of our friends, Dustin and Clay, and that episode was fun to record. But today, in the next few weeks, we're going to be bringing in a few of our pastors, uh, men that we work alongside with and call friends and not just coworkers. So today... I am honored to be able to welcome my pastor, my friend, the guy who... can tell a mean dad joke, uh, <laughs> Pastor Gordon West, but today you're just Gordon. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm glad you're here, man. It's going to be a good conversation. We're looking forward to it.
2: Yeah. So Gordon, welcome, man. It's good to have you. So Thank well, you for taking time out of your schedule to come down here with Kyle and record an episode with us.
0: Well, you said you, said you don't have any caffeine in you. This is caffeinated living. The reason... It's because we both love coffee. He, like, drinks tons of coffee. He's got water there. Yeah. But you drink (laughs) zero caffeine. Yeah. I mean, he's the opposite of caffeinated living sometimes. But the whole idea of caffeinated living is there's things in our life that really keep us going. One, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Two, our families. And three, some weird things like Disney and sports. So all of that are, are things that keep us going. So not just coffee and okay. sodas. But yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you drink coffee. I do, yeah, every morning. That's what's in that mysterious cup you see. <laughs> <laughs> so he says. Yeah. Oh, so he am says. I going to have to start doing a yeah, check know, at the right? door when he comes in in the morning? <laughs> uh,
2: yes, there, there is coffee around in my hand probably easily in the mornings afternoons evenings
0: yeah uh, national coffee day was a few weeks ago and I saw you post like four pictures of drinking coffee at yep. least so I don't I know you've had at least four cups yes. of national coffee um, day
2: Gordon to give you an idea I average average between five to six cups of coffee per day
0: isn't that insane
2: yes <laughs>
1: and just <you're>, never mind <laughs> And you can go to sleep at night?
2: I can. It, it, it's funny, I can actually drink a cup of coffee at night and go to sleep better than I can with a soft drink. Because I drink my coffee black, so there's no sugar, and no cream in it. So, you know, you think about a soda, think about all the sugar you're getting in there.
1: Yeah a long time since I had a soda. (laughs) Oh, if I talk like that, can they hear me, or do I need to? No. They should be able to pick you up. You're good.
2: You're good. So, yeah, Gordon, we just wanted to, like Kyle said, we just wanted to bring you on, and this is Pastor Appreciation Month, so we, we wanted to show our pastors how much we appreciate them and bring them on to our podcast and just hear your thoughts and your heart about ministry and your love for Jesus. So I'm going to turn it over to you, so... Wherever you, want to, wherever you want to take us. Um, I, I would say maybe start off with maybe how you got called into the ministry. What, okay. what did that look like?
1: All right. Um, He's got to go I way have, back. <coughs> this is way, way back. I'm just kidding. This is way back. Uh, I was told by a bunch of people uh, that when I was three years old, I was telling people I was going to be a preacher when I that grew is way up. back that is way back sixty years ago wow uh, I don't remember much of that. Uh, I do remember uh, coming home from church, um, my mom, daddy, my sister um, going to get my Bible story books uh, before I could even read. I can remember taking the bibles to get a little uh, an ottoman and use it as the lectern or pulpit put the <laughs> bible story book on top of that and after lunch mom and daddy and my sister and her boyfriend then they would get married uh would sit in the room and I'd preach to them wow and then I would pass around a little tin pie pan to take up an offering. <laughs> uh, that's I didn't awesome. know what to do with it. i <laughs> get 25, 30 cents. You know, I didn't know what to do with it. But this has been something that's been a part of my life for a lot longer than even I really know. Yeah. Um, so I became a Christian at 12. Um, at 16, very definitely felt a call on my life and to be honest with you I didn't want to do it.
2: Hmm. Uh
1: any after telling everybody 13 yeah 13 years earlier that I was going to be a preacher uh, anything um did it scare you? I mean yeah it, it did. I had no idea what was involved really. Yeah. Um the church I grew up in had had two pastors in a fifty year period. I mean they were long, wow long staying, good men, but I didn't I understand
2: that one I didn't know
1: what what was involved um so for a good year, I said, "You know, sorry, Lord, you got the wrong guy, and um I know you don't remember this. you're both too young, but there used to be posters you know, that the uh, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines would put out, and they'd have a picture of Uncle Sam on it, and he'd be pointing in your direction saying, Uncle Sam wants you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like everywhere I went, there was something saying, God wants you. Hmm. Um, it, it was a real struggle, a real turmoil. And just a year, though, when I was 17, I can vividly remember... Um, driving home from going to see Joe, uh, she's my wife now. Um, we had just started dating in May, and this happened in June. Hmm. Um, but I pulled over on the side of the road, just sobbing, and my words were this: "You know, God, if you want me that bad, you can have me." Hmm. Hmm. Wow! And That's good. I say like, two weeks later, I had a chance to go to A church to preach for their youth Sunday. Two I, weeks later. Two weeks later. Man. And I'm wondering, how did they even get my name? <laughs> but two weeks later, I had a chance to go preach to a church for their youth Sunday and have been preaching ever since.
2: So, Gordon, what was it that led up to that moment, though? You said you didn't remember pulling off the side of the road, just, just a tears. lot of
1: turmoil in my heart knowing what I was supposed to do, but not wanting to do what I was supposed to do.
2: I understand um, that one.
1: History teacher, lawyer, Tarzan. Any of that stuff <laughs> would have been more fun. You I know? couldn't see you in a
0: loincloth. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about a cowboy then? Yeah, I can see you know, that. Any of that would have, been, would have been what I would have wanted to do more than being right. a preacher. But now I... No, th- this this is who I am. This is my life. I've been doing it. I've been preaching now since I was 17, or actually since I was three, or however young I was. But um, I wouldn't do anything else.
2: Hmm. That's good. I like it.
0: We've actually, we've had questions come into the. I don't I don't know if this is technically a show or what, but we've had questions come in with young people, young men asking that. How do you know you're being called into the ministry? And how do you answer that calling? But from your point of view, from your story that you shared, it was very clear. And you could have either run from it
1: or just surrendered. Yeah. Uh, And I fought against it, I said, for a good year. And I was the most miserable person I know of in that year. Mm. I said, fine. So that, Joe and I had actually started dating just, it wasn't even a month, a full month before then. not I'd gone over to her house, and I was on the way home, and I was, just, like I said, in turmoil. Mm. And that's, so that I remember those words just like it was yesterday, God. If you want me that bad, you can have me.
2: Yeah. There's, there's a joke it's, I'm dying to get it out there but I'm like it's not appropriate it's, it's just not because you know women make us do crazy things so you're <laughs>
1: saying it's her fault
2: I, I'm not going to say it's her <laughs> fault but you
1: know no. You, she... you,
2: you, you, you start dating her, you're over her house you're leaving I mean women have women have strange powers over men sometimes they make us do crazy things so well here's you, know, the... you never know yeah
1: well I, I do know <laughs> <laughs> because all of it started before
0: then It's kind of it's 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 funny because even though they're different, you your story, Rob and Gordon's, are kind of similar. Like from a young age, even if it was just as a fun thing, like you would sit behind the preacher's desk and could picture yourself, and even the story you told with your wife, then your girlfriend, that's pretty similar to you and Jana as well. So that's cool. That's really cool. Well, how did you know?
2: That was one of those sayings. Uh, my parents, uh, growing up, they were the custodians at our church. So, uh, you know, what Kyle was talking about, I would always go in because, you know, as a six year old, my job was to make sure you gathered all the trash downstairs, go to the sick floor, get all the trash. So I'd always go into the pastor's office and our youth pastor's office. And Gordon, you know this, pastors get all kinds of junk mail. All, all kinds. The time. So I thought it was fascinating, you know, they'd throw stuff away, so I'd pull it out of the trash and put it on the desk and sit there and play a little bit, you know, as being the pastor. Uh, That that wouldn't come full on until teenage years, sitting at Dawson McAllister Conference, if you remember Dawson McAllister. And then um, more or less after graduating high school, I was wanting to do music ministry, but the Lord intervened and had other plans, so... Well, here you are. And here I am, 18, right. 18 years old. And I was helping my youth pastor do a WANA and Wednesday night youth and everything else. So have been there for 20 plus years now. So it's awesome. Uh, I, I wouldn't change it. Here? Not here. no, oh, no okay. No, just total.
1: When you said been there for 20, I was like, okay. But he's oh. been here a while. No, but, uh, yeah. but this wasn't the church you were talking about. Correct. Correct. Okay. No,
2: no uh, this current church I'm at now, I've been here 14 years
0: a good while. And how long have you been at Dudley, where you're at now? Seven and a half. Yeah. And total, I mean, not to show your age, but you've been in the ministry <laughs> since you were 17. So how many years is that?
1: First church I went to as pastor, I was still in college. Okay. Um, goodness, first church I, I went to as interim. How old was I? How old am I now? I'm barely Six, 63 I'm now. That was in 1978. In 77, when I was 20 years old, I went to a church to serve as interim. Wow. And stayed there almost a year. Um, found out they weren't doing anything. They weren't looking. They were just happy, just coasting along with me coming in. And I told them, Look, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be your pastor. I'm just helping you out for a while. You need to find somebody. I'm going to be gone by such and such a date. And they didn't believe me uh, until that day came and I left. Hmm. And um, that's when they started looking. And the funny thing about it, again, I wasn't out two weeks before I got a call to go fill in for one Sunday uh, at a church and ended up staying over four years. Hmm. That was a long Sunday. That was a long Sunday, I was was going to say. And so, 43 years? Wow. Okay.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And all of that experience, though, has anything been like COVID-19? No. I mean...
1: This has been like nothing I've ever experienced. Uh, Of course, they don't teach a (laughs) COVID-19 how to deal with this class in seminary. (laughs) Um, So you just kind of make it up and you... Do the best you can. Ask for God's help and guidance and then do what you can. You and I joke all the time Um,
0: this is the longest mission trip we've ever been on.
1: Uh, Again, what a lot of people don't know, Kyle knows. I don't know if he's told you, Rob, but I was director of missions before coming here. Um, I was actually uh, at the Sandy Creek Baptist Association, which is Lee County and Chatham County in the central part of the state. For 12 years, thought I'd be there for the rest of my life. And then the Lord opened a different door and led us up here to Dudley Shoals, and and we love it. Uh, But I bring that up to say that I led a lot of mission trips. And on those mission trips, I always told everybody there was one key word to remember, flexibility. (laughs) Because you can go on a trip expecting to do something and end up having to do something else entirely different. And so in Kyos, this has been one long mission trip. It, it, in a sense, it has been. I'm gonna start preaching in a minute, but in a sense, <laughs> it on. has been because we've had to be flexible. Yeah. Right. You know, things have changed so quickly. Plans that we make, then we have to come back and remake them yep. uh, because of restrictions. Uh, a lot of people have been upset. Sam, well, the government can't tell me when we can meet or not meet. And my response has always been this. I don't care what the government says. It hasn't been a question of what we can do or can't do it's what is the safest for our people, right? You know, it's their safety, their health that matters. Uh, So to answer your question, no, this has been something entirely different than I've ever experienced. And we have had to, as you know, uh, shift gears, change quite often, you know, along the route. And we probably will still have to continue to do that for a while. But it's been exciting. Yeah. Uh, It's been exciting because we've had to think of new ways to do the same thing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, new ways to do ministry, new ways to,
2: to share the gospel. And in a sense, it's been exciting. So, all right, Gordon. In 40-plus years of ministry, would you say that the closest 2020 is to a tent meeting is having a drive-in church? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would.
1: Uh, As a director of missions in our association, we had a couple of those tent meetings where a bunch of churches would come together. You'd set up a tent, and people would come. So in a very real... I'd never done parking lot services before <laughs> until now, uh, but they I'm were, pretty sure a
2: lot of churches could say that they were fun, very fun. Very you, fun.
1: You'd have people instead of saying "Amen," they'd be they'd blowing, them, blowing their horns, blowing doo, the horn. yep. Or uh, Kyle had them up there for the windshield wipers <laughs> on raising their hands <laughs> <laughs>
0: when they were singing songs. Yeah, yeah. Put uh, their hazard lights on if they were worshiping. Yeah.
1: So um. it's been it's been fun. It's. But it's been a real challenge, and it's been a you know, a heartbreak because we have you know had someone in our church family to die from mm. COVID-19. Yeah.
0: And um, one of the ways that you've, you've said we've been afforded the opportunity to try new things and to see what works. Our church isn't, isn't tremendously large. So when it comes to our presence out in the community, I mean, we were pretty much face-to-face. I mean, it was whatever we could do to be in schools or things like that. But lately, we've switched gears to really try to put ourselves out there online. And one of the ways that we've done that has been through social media. And I know you're a person who who was on Facebook and things like that, but (laughs) never really said anything, posted anything. But since this has been going on, how is that, as a senior pastor, as someone that's been in the ministry, how has that trans- transition been for you? Because I would say you've been more on social media lately than you've ever been before. And part of that is for ministry
1: purposes. Well, if not, almost all of it yeah. has been for ministry purposes. Uh, um, Kyle taught me how to use the computer. <laughs> Um, he he really did, especially when it comes to uh, social media. Um, <laughs> he's tried to show me how to do some things, and he told me, this is how you go live. Next thing I know, we are live and people are watching. And, um Yeah. 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 We've had some funny we, videos of that. Yeah. The people have really enjoyed your teaching me how to do this. <laughs> You gotta start but again, it, you got to start somewhere, and they've been patient. He's been patient, and you know it, it's it's something that we want to be able to continue to use right. even after uh, we're able to get back to a more sure. normal routine, sure. uh, because we have had far more people, you know, watching services. We've had far more people. Uh, what we call our Wednesday night prayer meeting live, um, far more people than we ever have before. And it's just amazing how God is using us yeah. to make a dent in changing the world for Jesus. So, um,
2: Yeah, I mean, this has been, I call it a headache actually more than I do, uh, but it's a blessing in disguise in a sense too. I think we can say that. It, it, I'm going
1: to tell you this, Rob. I'm going to tell you this. I've, I've, I've told Kyle this, and I think he's finally coming to see where I'm coming from. This is one of the most exciting times that we've ever lived in history because we have the chance to share the gospel in right. so many different ways. Um, people are searching for something, searching for answers, searching for hope, and they don't even know what they're doing. You know, like the Jesus referred to them as a, uh, sheep without a shepherd, mm-hmm. and if and and so they're hungry, they're looking. If we don't take that as a challenge to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and heaven help us, yeah, uh, it's one of the most uh, exciting opportunities. Again, in forty some years, I've never had anything like this before. But this isn't get up, go to church, preach, go home. Yeah, you know, right. this is. Wow, there's we've had people come to our church during the drive in worship services in the parking lot. Uh, We've even had new people coming now uh, when we're meeting in our multi purpose building. We haven't got back into the sanctuary yet because, again, the multi purpose building has a cement floor, plastic chairs, all that good sort of stuff. We can space space out, out. you know, really space out a lot more than inside. And they're coming looking for something. So what are we going to give them? We're going to give them Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm starting to preach. You don't want me to do that. Come on.
2: No, you're fine. You
1: talked about sheep without a shepherd.
0: And I kind of get the mental picture of so much stuff we've been seeing online through people's posts, through people's um, cries of, change or whatever that might look like. I mean, what have you seen from that side of social media that has maybe been encouraging or maybe
1: has been discouraging? Let me, be, let me begin with this and say that, uh, again, I think the pandemic on social media has brought out the best in some people and it's brought out the worst in some people and and even the worst in some people we, we want to get mad at them and say you shouldn't respond like that <laughs> but they're they're hurting mm-hmm. they don't know why Yeah. they know they're upset and angry and they point fingers but they really don't know why am I blaming that guy yeah he's a jerk but (laughs) why and 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 I at first it used to make me angry you know we've talked about this said but more more late more more lately I've seen it as a cry for help Hmm. you know hey I'm here right don't forget me notice me you know um, I've heard you refer to selfies
0: as that or people that post pictures of themselves as it's almost like, well, why do people do that? Well, maybe it is to just so people would notice them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. I'm a person in the business, busyness of life. Don't forget. Don't me. forget me. Hmm. Um, I think that's one of our biggest fears as a. Uh, human beings being forgotten.
0: Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, switch gears for a second. All right, and I want you to be honest. This is a, an honest podcast, an honest discussion. Sometimes we, we, we let rock. Is she saying that I'm not. No, I'm not you. saying <laughs> that. Okay. I'm saying I want you to, yeah, just just be open. Just be open. Um, because there's been times where we've we've let out frustrations or just talked about things, and I'm not saying let out all frustrations here, but
2: <laughs> but if you feel comfortable, that's okay. In your forty just don't name names, make up names. Yeah,
0: make up names. In your forty three years of ministry. All right, you're a football fan. I don't know if no. you know this this series that they do before games sometimes, but it's the come on, man. I think it's Randy Moss that does that. And it's basically on plays that make absolutely no sense. What are you doing? Has there ever been a come on, man moment in ministry that you've been like, come on, what were you thinking there?
2: Maybe the day you hired Kyle. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And we looked at half of a resume. uh, Yeah, uh, you put it like that, and you get my my mind to thinking. And there have been plenty of those moments. And the one that particularly stands out in my mind was several years ago. Right now, our oldest son Matthew was just a baby. I had him in my. I was leading prayer meeting. I had him in my arms, holding him while I was teaching whatever Bible lesson I was teaching, and I don't remember what brought this up, but our chairman of deacons uh, at that church in that Bible study uh, spoke up and said this, it really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like, I mean, what do I do with this? I'm standing here holding my baby in my arms. There's... People out there, stare, they respect this guy because of his position in the community. I don't remember now. Again, that was that's been thirty-five plus years ago. I, I do not remember how. I but responded. it doesn't matter
0: what you believe as
1: long as you're sincere. Yeah. Uh, but and that's what that was like.
2: What? <laughs>
0: come on, man.
1: And you're the chairman of deacons in our church. I mean, what did you? I mean, yeah, that was a definitely a. Come on,
2: man. <laughs> <laughs> that was good.
1: What's wrong with you? <laughs>
2: So um, how did you respond to that?
1: I said, I don't remember. That was so, <laughs> so, it was so long ago. That uh, was so long ago. I remember that, but I honestly do not remember how I responded at that particular time. I I, maybe I was just too much in shock. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Sitting so there
2: thinking, like, did he really? What? What just happened? Yeah. Scratching your head, like, yep.
1: Did you just say that? Yeah. That, that would be. That's one moment that comes to mind. Out of many? Out of many. That's okay. Out of many.
2: That one that one could top, I could see that. So, 43 years, there's been plenty of deacons meetings. Well, maybe not through that 43 years, because you, you, you said you're the, the oh, association right, yeah. director for what, 12 years? 12 years. So, 30-some years. There's been plenty of deacons meetings, plenty of aggravations with that, I'm sure. Has there outside? There were times I left
1: the deacons' meeting saying, "Come on." Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was
2: going to say, "Has there ever been a time in a deacons' meeting where you're just like, Lord, I know you've called me to this place, but these people I'm questioning right now because it's been it's been that aggravating." So, no, I mean, so ministry to you definitely has been a blessing.
1: Let's put it this way. Uh-oh. Becoming the Associational Missionary or Director of Missions for the Sandy Creek Baptist Association changed my whole way of thinking.
2: Okay, and what's in what way?
1: As a as a pastor, I could only see it from that position. Okay. You know, it's like being in a box and all I can see is what's in this box with me. Hmm. And so things used to maybe get under my skin. Uh, you know, the same pastor has to have uh, hard skin so it will run off. But when you truly care about the people where God has put you, it doesn't run off. Right. You know, it it works its way in. It hurts. Um, yeah, there were times I wanted to get out of the ministry. Uh, drive a truck would be fine. I actually did. Um, receive an invitation to be involved in a clinical pastoral education um, Mm. at a Baptist hospital, and I was going to study to be a chaplain. Mm. Uh, But when I got the letter saying, you've been accepted, in my heart, I was not excited about it. Mm. That was what I was looking for instead of, again, what God wanted me to do. But becoming the Director of Missions, I had a chance to step outside of that box. And all of those things that were around me as a pastor, they weren't around me as a Director of Missions. I could look at it more objectively. I could look at it and I could see, okay, I'm hearing that person's point of view too, instead of just this point of view. And I don't know how many churches and, and pastors I had chance to work with to try and help them work through difficulties that they were experiencing, and um, and I always used to tell my wife that if I become a pastor again, I'm gonna be different. Uh, again, how I can't tell you. I just see things differently. Right. Uh, I've I've told Kyle things that used to get under my skin. They really don't anymore. Things that I used to take personally, I don't anymore, because I understand better. Where they're coming from than I did when I was the recipient of it all. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Okay. And so now, if a, if a problem comes up, instead of worrying about that problem, is God. I've seen you take care of so many problems over all these years. There's no doubt you're going to take care of this. So we put it in your hands. Pray about it, and. That's about it. (laughs) We leave it there, and again, that's not something I could do. Right, younger. That's only something I've been able to do as I've gotten older and experienced more, especially time away from the
2: pastorate as the director of missions. And um, so, Gordon, would you would you say then those twelve years serving as the associational missionary was? was a blessing that it helped helped you do ministry better. Yes. Definitely. It was
1: the best education I had. Okay. Um e- even over seminary, you know, I got I learned more as a director of missions than I ever did in seminary. Um and 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 Kyle again has, has heard me, you know, God's got this. Yep. I mean, there's no need for us to worry about it. I mean, now there are those days when you you just got to go in your office, close the door, turn on some uh, Christian music, "Amazing Grace," "My Chains Are Gone," or something like that, and just sit there and and worship within your own heart, right? Uh, not want anybody around. There are those <laughs> days, but overall, I'm enjoying being a pastor now more than I ever did. Hmm. Uh, I'm enjoying preaching now more than I ever did. How many times do I go in your office, hey, Kyle, guess what I just found in this passage? Yeah, it's like genuine excitement. That I guess over all the years being stuck in that box with all of the stuff that was in there with me, I lost that excitement.
2: Hmm.
1: But it's it's back. I'm loving it. And um, as long as the Lord gives me strength, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Does that answer your question? Yes.
0: So are you saying that we should take a step outside the box for a while and come back? I'm just kidding. I'm just joking.
1: That might be... For someone. For someone, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, maybe with what you guys are doing through this, we'll help some people be able to take a step outside of the box without actually having to step outside of the box.
0: That's our hope. I mean we we are firm believers and preachers, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know it we are firm believers in community and community inside of ministry and also outside of ministry, but how beneficial it is to have these conversations we couldn't have with our congregates, have these conversations that not many people are comfortable having. So that's one of the reasons we're doing
1: this. So well, I pray it makes a difference. <laughs> And thank oh, you for letting me be a part
2: of it. Only the listeners can tell us. They, yeah. they never comment on anything, but that's okay.
0: When I, when I told him about, hey, Gordon, we're going to bring you on a podcast, you didn't quite say, what's a podcast? But it was almost like, what's a podcast? Yeah.
1: So, do, I have to, do I have to dress up?
0: So, yeah. <laughs> well, we went to lunch today, and we were just talking. And at the end of it, I said, Gordon, this is a podcast. Like, it's just a conversation. So, Yeah.
1: It did, so, that honestly did make me feel a little bit more at ease. Yeah.
0: So yeah, thank I you. Mean, just casual,
2: just be yourself.
0: Speaking of at ease, I think it's almost time.
2: Well, not yet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Dun, dun, dun. I, I got a couple of questions here first, Gordon. Uh, th- th- then I have some rapid fire questions for you. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. what I'm talking about.
1: That's so, the surprise. That's the surprise. But no. Um,
2: ah. Being that this is... Pastor's Appreciation Month. I, I just want to first and foremost say thank you for what you do in the ministry. Thank you for how you've served the Lord, faithfully served the Lord for that. And I know I just heard just a little bit of your story today, but I, I see the genuineness there. I see the excitement and the love and the passion that you have for that. And thank you for that. Hmm. Um, secondly, thank you for daily having to put up with Kyle. <laughs> That 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 could, you know, you need some kind of warfare payment or something, Come on, something, man. something there. But uh, with I, that.
1: I am so glad he is with us. Oh, I, I, I believe I mean, it. He, I believe it. He is much more than just associate pastor of families and youth. Um, we're partners in ministry. And that's how I see it. And Thank you for being a part of it. Yeah. I paid him to say that. So well, Not yet. Not yet. Not <laughs> <laughs> so, yet. You didn't even well, buy my I lunch. get to my
2: rapid-fire questions, Kyle, we, have, we we had this question that came to us uh, a couple weeks ago, so I'm, I'm going to throw it back on you all for a minute. Okay. If you had one word, Kyle, if you had one word to describe Gordon, Gordon, you have one word to describe Kyle. What's your word going to be?
0: Mm,
1: one word. One word. Man. I've already said my word partner okay we're, we're 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 a team yeah and he's a person that I can be a partner with you know, he's been um, open he's been honest he's been true he's been making me sound like a divine being I'm or not or, <laughs> or, or something far from it but um see he he's my teammate he's my partner and Okay. That's the way I look at it. All right. That's, oh, I, is that
2: that's a good word. A good, that's a good word. word. Yeah. I can, see, it, I can it, see that.
1: Because you can't just be partners with anybody. That's true. So that's, that, again, says something about who he is as a person. Sometimes just
2: because you're linked with that person doesn't always mean you're the best of teammates or the best of partners either. That's right. Yeah. So, all right, Kyle, what, what would be your one word?
0: My word would be proactive. Um, yeah, proactive. <laughs> um, <laughs> My favorite trait about Gordon, this this should be for everyone, not just people in the ministry, but everyone. My favorite thing about him is when someone tells him a concern or something they're dealing with or something they need help with, he will stop right then and not just say, I'll pray for you, but stop right then and there and genuinely pray for them. Not just be a fake thing, but um, he's proactive in that sense. He's proactive when there is an issue within our church. He is proactive when uh, something in the world is going on. Uh, he doesn't just react. He he, he takes it in and, and just sees the angle of how God would look at it. And I, I appreciate that about you.
1: I do. Well, thank you. I didn't know that.
2: Good way to end this segment. But first, before I end it, Gordon, I got some rapid-fire questions for you.
1: Okay, so is this like looking at those little ink blots and telling you <laughs> what they?
2: Maybe. So you just give us. Don't even think about. It, just give us the first response. What quick, comes out?
0: Quick answers. Okay. Quick okay. answers. Quick so, draw. Me. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Quick. <laughs> quick. Quick.
2: Some of these, they're probably not very quick responses. I get that. Okay. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to start you off. Start you off easy. Okay. So, Mexican or Italian food. Oh, goodness. Okay. If y'all could see his face, apparently that was a hard question. Food is, <laughs> hard <for> him.
1: <laughs> food is hard for me because I do have food allergies. Okay. Okay. And so you say, my first response is neither. But you like, okay. pizza. So, you well, like pizza. You like pizza, right? There you go. You can say neither. Pizza. You like pizza. Well, again, it all depends on what's no, he on it. Said, he said neither. neither. I'll, take, I'll take neither. Okay. 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 I'll take neither. Okay.
2: Uh, I have one question, but you've already answered this one uh, coffee, yes or no? So no. You, you already answered that one.
1: Never. You've never drank coffee. When we lived in the mountains, I started drinking coffee. Yeah. I never I've, I worked with a construction company years ago before when Joe and I first got married. Uh, we've been married now forty two years. Um, the rest of we would be outside working. The rest of the guys in the winter would you know I'd get a hot coffee, I'd get a cold Pepsi. I just <laughs> hot drinks just do not appeal to me. and um, But when we moved to the mountains, I guess I want it to fit in, so I started <laughs> drinking a little bit of coffee, but it reached the point where it bothered my stomach, and I gotcha, just stopped. Yeah. So, coffee, no. Gotcha. So
2: don't feel bad. My wife has never drank coffee. She, she I like the life. way it smells. She does, too. She likes it when I brew it. She likes it like the beans when I'm grinding them, but to taste it, she's not going to drink it. Okay. So, don't, don't feel bad. So, alright, favorite fall activity, because we're in the fall now. So, favorite fall activity.
1: You're not going to give me options like you no, did on no. the rest of no, no, no. This, this is this rapid fire. Favorite what, fall activity? I like football.
2: Okay. There you go. College or pro? Oh,
1: college. Really?
2: So okay. So what, if
1: I had a chance to watch college going at it, it all depends, on the, again, on the college. Yeah. Well,
2: it depends. Who, who's your team in college then?
1: Well, I graduated from East Carolina. Okay. Uh, the Pirates. But I've um, also liked, um, my boys graduated from Campbell. And so you know the Campbell camels fighting camels. And <laughs> Hannah graduated from Western, so they got the catamounts. And for some odd reason, I'm in trouble now. Um, not with you though. I've always liked the Tar Heels.
2: Okay. And Mac, the Mac
1: Heels. Brown has them ranked again yeah. nationally. <laughs> they're, they're back.
2: Yeah. See, the only difference in that, it's just the name of a coach. I don't. You know, I don't think because so. Because if Mac Brown hadn't deserted Carolina. Several years ago, and deserted himself to the <laughs> University of Texas. Carolina would won two national championships, hands down. At but least, no, Mac Brown said, "No, I got to go." Anyway, don't, don't get me started <laughs> Listen, on that. Listen, we just got don't a mini Rob's. <laughs> we just
0: got a mini Rob's rant right here. Huh? This Rob's known for his rant. Oh, let me let me just pause I think this. That's a mini rant. Let me just I, pause I this issues for a with second.
2: Brown. I, I have issues with him so, because he deserted his team. And speaking knees.
0: of Rob's rant, all right, we had a we had a kickball game last week. We didn't ever update you because every time we update you, something happens. So, But we ended up having a game last week, and I didn't tell you this, Gordon, but uh, we won. Is he on your team? He's on my team. He's <laughs> actually the coach, manager, owner, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> And uh, Rob Rob wasn't mad. He wasn't upset, but he just he, – he asked the ref, like, come on. And everybody in the crowd that was there watching our game thought he was arguing with the ref, and they started chant, or chanting, Rob's rant, Rob's rant, Rob's <laughs> – because he's known for this on the podcast and sometimes Facebook.
2: <sighs> it's not so much of a rant as it is – okay. Truth hurts. And <laughs> to receive it sometimes, and then I'm, I'm hyper-competitive, I think, sometimes. And when you know the rules better than some umpires do sometimes, it... it
1: that makes a difference. It,
2: it, it stresses me. <laughs> it stresses me. So anyway, But I didn't know what Mac Brown no, was calm
1: down. Calm it, down. I, I second, am. I am.
2: So, no, I, I just say that because I think the name, I think a name in college football carries... Yeah, I, I, would I would agree. Sometimes, yeah,
1: people want to play for the name coaches.
2: I mean, Urban Meyer could come out of retirement, go to Western Carolina, and they'd be ranked twenty seventh in the nation. That's true.
1: Everybody would want to go to school there. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I just say that just a name a name carries itself sometimes. That's so. True. About, right. How about the name Jesus? Hmm. I wish that name would carry more than it does.
1: I agree. Mm. Oh, it carries. But it we just carries. Don't.
2: Just not in the. Yeah. Not in the way we want it to. So, okay. Um, Most embarrassing preaching moment.
0: (laughs) It almost happened two Sundays ago.
1: (laughs) What happened then? Your uh, fluid pills? Oh. (laughs) I've had heart surgery, and I do not take a fluid pill on Sunday morning.
0: Except for that one Sunday. (laughs) Sunday
1: morning, I didn't even think about it. And I did, and it was all oh, Kyle. Pray for me. <laughs> I don't want to have to put the service on hold. If you know what I mean, uh, I guess the most. This how can this be a quick answer?
0: Quick, quick, quick. First uh, thing that comes to your mind. First
1: thing that pumps in my mind was when I was serving communion one Sunday. Oh no. Uh-uh. Um, oh no. I had. I, I have had back surgery. This was back before the surgery. Uh, I was in a time with a lot of pain. The doctor gave me some pain medicine. He said. It's going to take like five days before you get enough in your system for you to really see a difference. <laughs> it was like Tuesday or something when I started taking them. Come Sunday, I felt good. I didn't have any problems. Joe, my wife said that the uh, serv- sermon went well, and said the Lord's supper mostly went well <laughs> uh, until uh, <laughs> we got down here to this point and. We didn't use wafers or those little biscuitettes or whatever you want to call them. We had a lady up there that always baked a loaf of bread. And what I would do is I would tear the loaf of bread in half. Then I would tear each half in half and have four plates that I would then give to the deacons and they would serve the Lord's Supper. And so uh, that day, um, it was kind of like an out-of-body experience. I could see what I was doing, but... I was not in control of what I was doing. (laughs) And so I broke the bread in half, put it on two plates, gave two deacons those two plates, picked up two empty plates and gave them to deacons. (laughs) It just did not dawn on me what I was doing. Well, the two deacons on the end who got the empty plates leaned forward and looked at me, and one of them asked, what do we do with these? (laughs) I really don't remember this. But they said, I looked at them and said, do the best you can. <laughs> and so I just, just stood there. None of it ever dawned on me what was going on. And after church, I remember my wife coming up to me, looking in my eyes and saying, you're going home and going to bed. <laughs>
0: do the best you
1: can. Do the best I just picture these guys
0: going pew to pew, passing an empty place. Well, here's the funny and part. Expecting
1: a miracle for it just to pop out of nowhere. Here's the funny part. Years later, we went back up there for some church experience. And afterward, we went to one of the small little local restaurants. I was standing there in the buffet line. When I felt somebody tap me on the shoulder, I turned around. It was one of those deacon's wives. She actually handed me an empty plate and said, Do the best you can. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Oh, man. Okay. That, that is that awesome. Was, that one I could see. Yes. <laughs> All right, so, from most embarrassing preaching moment to most memorable preaching moment, has there, has, oh. there, has there been one time that's really stood out? Maybe not so much in the sermon itself, but the effects of the sermon. Oh, wow.
1: Oh, wow. And do do rapid I are rapid-fire questions, right? Yeah, how do you, how do you consider this a rapid-fire <laughs> question? There have been many that have brought me to tears. There have been many where you know you just feel God's presence throughout the whole place. But I'll tell you one that was really the most surprising. Let's put it that way. Um, this was in our, our my first church. Um, we had baptismal services down at the Albemarle Sound. You know, big body of water. Three and a half miles across. Big body of water. And um, had a little 12-year-old girl to baptize. We did that on Sunday afternoon. Went down to the water to baptize her. And there had been a man in his seventies that I have been witnessing to ever since we'd been there. He still worked as a mechanic. He played the banjo. He said the reason why he played the banjo was to keep his fingers limber enough that he could work on cars. Mm -hmm. Uh, His mother was still living. She was in her nineties and she was of a different faith. Uh, He would tell me time and time again, you know, um, I can't come forward, I, I, I can't join the Christian church because if I do it would kill my mother (laughs) you know and at 90 some years old who knows it might have and so we went down to the sound to baptize uh, the girl that afternoon and guess who showed up Mm. he did Mm. ready to make his profession of faith ready to Mm. be baptized that is awesome and that was that was a day I'd never forget Mm. And by the way, it didn't kill her. Uh, she lived for a while longer and was still living when I actually moved. Good stuff.
2: Yeah, that is, that is good. So, all right, two more questions. Um, oh, where'd it go? All right. If you were to write a book about yourself, what would you name it? You really want to know?
1: Sure. A Thousand and One Ways to Kill a Bat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've thought about this, yes. A thousand
0: and one ways to kill a bat. So yes. now, okay,
2: is there an underlying, is, is there a message behind that, yes. or is that just a uh, that just sounds like a good name for a book? And it's <laughs> you know,
1: when we lived at one church, when we were at, uh, unfortunately, the attic was infested with bats. Mm. I mean, they would come down into the church in the weirdest times. Uh, we we were having a community uh, Thanksgiving service. Uh, at our church. I was up there preaching and all of a sudden I saw a look of terror on everybody's faces and I knew what had happened. A bat had flown in from the baptistry. He swooped once <laughs> over the congregation. He swooped a second time over the congregation and he was gone. And I told her, don't worry, he'll be gone in a minute. And, uh, one day getting ready to baptize people, we walked up there and there were two bats floating in the water oh, of the baptistry. Wow. One of them had already drowned. The other one was still moving. Um, And um, the guy that was in charge of the baptistry asked, What do we do? I said, Well, we'll get some and get them out. (laughs) He said, Do we need the drainage? No, nobody will know. (laughs) So so we had bats show up all the time and they would always call me. Now, I don't know how much I can say since it's illegal to kill bats, but we, we found all kinds of interesting. Ways to remove them from the premises. There you go. Let's put it that way. Okay. And I'd always, that, that would be a fun book to write because of all the stuff that happened. <laughs> so yeah, A Thousand and One Ways to Kill. Either that or from hired killer to preacher. <laughs> because my dad was an exterminator and I like to tell people he was a hired killer. You ought to see the look on their faces when you tell them he was a hired killer. Um, so that, From Hire Killer make, to Killer. Yes, that would preacher. make
2: an interesting book title. Yeah. Okay. I They're would buy it. it you, you write it, I'll buy it from you. Um, all right, last question. Uh, None since, of these have
0: been rapid fire. No. no okay. Yes, they
2: have.
0: Yeah, they have.
2: They have. Um, this one isn't so much of a rapid fire as it is just to end with an encouragement to those who are listening. What would you say to your young ministry self? If you were starting all over again,
1: don't quit.
2: Hmm. Good words. It
1: will be worth it. Um, walk closely with the Lord. Hmm. Know it. It is. It is not just a job. It is a calling. And remember, more than anything else, you're not called to a position. You're not called to preach. You're not called to be a youth minister. You're not called to be a pastor. You're not called to be a director of missions. You're not called to do any of that stuff. You're called to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And however he wants to use you, let him. Hmm. If that means being a youth minister, being a pastor, being a director of missions, being a foreign missionary, being a whatever it is being a plumber being mm-hmm. an electrician being a doctor being a school teacher follow jesus that's what you're called to do that's what i'm called to do and just let him use you however he wants to mm-hmm. and it good will words. be worth it don't give up don't quit
2: good words i like that so Warden, yes they were rapid fire some ways in some ways they weren't unknown but just Gave us a heart of who you are.
1: Well, thank you for and, letting me do and, this. And, and I'm I hope that, it helps somebody.
2: Yes, I'm sure, it do, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. So, Gordon, again, thank you for just coming on and being a part of our episode and putting up with Kyle and myself for <laughs> an hour of your afternoon. Uh, hopefully it will be a life-changing experience and you'll never forget it. So, uh,
0: <laughs> Before you sign off, give us a dad joke. Oh, man. <laughs> on the spot? Yeah, that's rapid fire right there. <laughs> I call him Captain Corny, one, because he's allergic to corn, two, because he comes up with some of the corniest jokes. And now I can't
1: think of a one. And I just
0: bought you some time, and you still don't have Yes, you did.
2: You just called him Captain Corny because he comes up with the corniest jokes.
1: And now I can't do it.
2: Have you heard some of your jokes?
1: Where do you think I get it from? (laughs) The thing is, he can remember them. I'm getting old. I can't remember them. Okay. Oh man, uh, I can't think of one. So, it's okay. It's okay. I, Morden, I can't think of one. Do you one. know right. Carl's
2: all-time favorite joke? Oh, oh man,
0: this <laughs> is this is the worst <laughs> joke. If if Gracie's still here, Gracie,
2: she can't hear you. She's
0: not here. But so I'll let you tell it because
2: it's how, terrible. How how old would George Washington be if you were alive today?
1: He's asking you. Oh, he was looking at you. How you, old would George Washington be? If he were alive today?
2: Really, yeah. really, 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 <laughs> really, really, <old. laughs>
1: That's the face you should be making because that is a horrible joke. Yes. but I'll, to, I'll think of one and give it to you so you can tell them next time. Okay.
2: All right. But, but to hear, like, my daughter will annoy Kyle with that joke. I mean, it's constant. It's an every-year thing. She's like, so, Kyle. How old would George Washington be if you were alive today? Like, She knows what buttons to push. <laughs> yeah. She presses it often. Oh, man. But. So, yep. Gordon, again, thank you again for being here. Thank you again for uh, your, your time and your service. Uh, we do appreciate yes. that. And thank you for the mentors or the mentor that you are to call. I know that mm-hmm. he greatly appreciates that. I've seen tremendous growth through that. So I appreciate that. So again, just uh, thank you for that. Any last words?
0: No, that's all I got. All right, until next time. Keep it caffeinated, friends, even if it's with a cold Pepsi, like Gordon said.